good? Ooh, it's thick in here. Y'all have a seat. Let's see what the Lord wants to do tonight. Praise team, thank you so much. Good job as usual. They had another song to do. I cut them off. But uh, they know. They know when to settle into what the Lord's saying. I want to uh, continue on some of the things we've... The plan was with this Unstuck series, just for, for those of you who would like to know what the plan was, the plan was to preach three services on Unstuck and move on to uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, your best friend, basically was the plan. Um, we're, in, we're on, we're on uh, message number eight, seven or eight now, um, and it's been good, Amen. I fully believe we've tapped into some things, and uh, we need to stay in it. I want to, I'm not, we're not going to be here long tonight, and, and I know y'all say, Pastor, you say that all the time, and I do, but uh, the Lord told me to just deal with a few things that I dealt with Sunday morning to clarify, because the whole point of these Wednesday night messages are to make sure that those of you who are interested in going to this place that we're talking about have every single tool necessary. And, and sometimes we preachers tend to leave things a little short. Uh, we love to preach. And when you get into that place that you know people's drawing and excited and shouting with you, sometimes we get caught up in what you're doing and forget what we're supposed to be doing. And, uh, and that happens. And, and it happens with me and it happens with everybody. But I think it's important that we deal with this and really just, just go forward. So take your Bibles and go with me to John chapter 11. And we're going to deal with Lazarus a little more, just a little longer. John chapter 11. You happy to be at church tonight? Amen. The alternative is so much worse. Now, we're not going to read through this. You, you know all of these scriptures when it comes to Lazarus. You know the story. You know all the things that took place and, and all of these things. And... and uh, but there's something we have to deal with. Verse 43. Jesus calls out to Lazarus in a loud voice. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. 44. And he that was dead came forth. Bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, uh, Loose him and let him go. Now, this is, I want to deal with this because I made a statement Wednesday, uh, Sunday morning. And I'm going to make it again tonight. This is the state of most Christians, most churches, most believers. If you've been dead and buried to the point that they don't want you to roll the rock back because you stinketh, <laughs> if life comes back into your body and you step out of a tomb and he's hopping out, you gotta, he's in the straitjacket, he's hopping out, just being alive made him happy. Amen? Wouldn't it make you happy? They were, uh, I, think it was, uh, I think it was Gabriel or Seth or one telling me stories. They, they love history. And, and we're watching uh, Legends and Liars. Have y'all seen that on Fox where they're going through Billy the Kid and, and Black Bart and all the uh, Davy Crockett, all the West, people from the West. 
And in one of these, or one of the things they saw on the History Channel or something, they were talking about how when they used to bury people, they would have a copper tube and a bell. That if by, you know, because they didn't embalm. If they pop back alive, they won't let somebody know, hey, I'm down here. If that happened to you and you're down there and you're ringing that bell, you're just happy to get that, that breath of fresh air. The issue here is what we're missing in this text is he was dead. He that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound with a napkin. And what, what, there is a space of time there where the people, you got this didn't just happen like this. There was a space of time there where the people really didn't see what was happening, didn't believe what was happening. They were shocked by what was happening. The crowd was rumbling and all these different things. And he was just happy to be taking a breath. Most Christians are just looking for that place where they're not fighting a battle on all sides and I can just take a breath. The issue here is we're living our life stuck in grave clothing and we never step over into the loosing. We never allow the word to cut this off of us. That is what the, 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 the two-edged sword of the word is to loose you from grave clothing. What we've done is we've created a mindset that if you come in and you get saved and you lay your life on the altar and now you go serve and all these wonderful things, but you've got to acclimate yourself and assimilate yourself to where you've got to be like me. And we've created such a culture now in the church that it's become so political minded and it's become so gain minded and it's become so focused on different things that it's really not about Christ anymore. It's really not the fact that you've been loosed it's the fact that you just took your breath. We as churches are so focused on the fact that, oh, you're saved now. There is, listen, there is a difference in being saved and being a follower of Christ. Those are two very different things. I know a lot of people that say, I believe in Jesus, but do you follow him? Do I believe they'll go to heaven? First of all, the Bible's very clear. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and that's between them and Jesus. Secondly, I also believe that the fruit that you bear says a whole lot about the relationship you walk. Y'all quiet tonight. Here's where we're missing it. Jesus had to, isn't it amazing that you have two sisters were just giving Jesus the riot act. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. You didn't see them run up and cut the clothes off of him. Because they really didn't believe he was really alive. Isn't that a bad, bad place to be as somebody that is arm in arm with Jesus in a crowd, but you don't believe what he just said happened, just happened? Well, pastor, you know, I, I'm not like that. I'm really spiritual. Yeah, well, he said you're the head, not the tail. He said you're above and not beneath. He said that you are blessed beyond measure, that he can do above and beyond all you can ask or think. And, and do you believe those things? Or do you just accept them as the Bible, but you don't trust that he'll do that for you? And the issue is not what he can do. The issue is what can you believe him for? See, Lazarus didn't have a choice. His body had to rise when that authority spoke. His spirit had to come, his soul had to come back alive. He had to come back together. And when you think about it, the difference of, of how they buried then and now and the time they went through before they were even buried and all the different things that happened to his body, all those things had to be undone before he ever came out. Everything that was deteriorating or, or, or decomposing or falling apart and all the organs would had completely shut down for days on end, they had to spring forth with life. All the things that had to take place 
for him to hop out of this grave. And as he hops out in it, people are so focused on what might or might not happen that the very people that were complaining that he was dead had no concept that they had something to do to help him get loose. The problem is not with what Jesus did or with what Lazarus did. The problem is with the people that saw a miracle and saw life and didn't know how to handle the holy thing. When when you handle holy things in a common way, bad things happen. The, The threshing floor is a perfect example. When David was moving the Ark of the Covenant back, He didn't do it the right way. He didn't do it with the the Levites. He didn't do it the way it was supposed to be. He just went and bought a new cart because he had all the money on the planet and said, we'll put it on a new cart and we'll move it. And when it hit the threshing floor and it moved and it shook and Yuza put his hand to steady it with a right heart but with a wrong action and he was split in half. Not by God but by using power inappropriately. He touched power in a way that that power wasn't designed to be touched. See, we've misinterpreted that. We've tried to make out like God smote him. And the Bible even says that. But you have to go back and do some research and realize that it doesn't say God smote him. It says the power of God smote him. Now, that's a a big stretch from Lazarus. But what you've got to see is if you don't let somebody begin to help you, you're not called to a church. You're called to a pastor. Y'all do realize that, right? You don't go to a church just because of the music. You go to the church because there's life being spoken. You're called to a ministry. The reason is it's the ministry that should be cutting grave clothes off, not putting bondage back on. And when you're not cutting grave clothes off and getting people free, you're putting them back in shackles and making them think they're free. And what the problem is, is these people didn't realize they had what it took to loose him and let him go, which was basically taking the grave clothes off the whole time, not realizing that they had a part to play in the ministry of Jesus. Most of us have been church hurt. Most of us have been through hell on earth. Most of us have gone through things we don't even want to talk about. Most of us are dealing with issues. And we let the things of this life bind us to grave clothes and keep us thinking in death rather than stepping over into helping the administration of the Lord. Because every single person in this room has your own administration of the anointing of Jesus Christ. It's up to you to find it. It's up to us to help you find it. So when he's dealing with this, The whole point of me telling you this, and this is the only thing the Lord told me to say to you tonight. Until you get the grave clothes cut off, and until the mindset changes to what you truly are, and that's royalty, you will never get this. And this is the statement that I made. I made this statement. Listen, y'all got all excited and happy when I said this, but I knew knew it's not an issue that you didn't get it. I knew that we needed to do this, to deal with this a little further. But Jesus, understand, God made Jesus everything that he wants you to be. This mindset that Jesus is the unattainable gift is so wrong. He wants you to walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, release like Jesus, listen like Jesus, speak with the authority Jesus had, but speak with the meekness Jesus had. Walk in in the power to put the Pharisees in their place, but walk in the love to bring the sheep in. He wants you at the place that you can release what God told you to release at the time you're supposed to release it, and the heavenlies hear God speak, not you. 
He wants you to be so covered in that blood that when God looks at this earth, he thinks Jesus himself is still alive. And that'll never happen with grave clothes on. That'll never happen when you focused on your past or who's hurt you or who's done things to you. I very rarely, I get an opportunity every time I go to Canaan to give my testimony because there's always a new group of guys there. But I've, I've done it, gosh, I've been to Canaan so many times now I can't even remember. It's been so many years, but I think I only remember one time telling my complete testimony. People tell me all the time, you need to be giving your testimony. You need to be giving. Why? So I can give the devil glory and what he, how he destroyed me. Or can I talk about you don't know what I was, but I know where I'm going. And I'm happy with that. We've got to settle into that and quit letting grave clothes hold it. Because he was, as long as he had the grave clothes on, listen to me, he was tied to the grave. He was just ringing a bell, but he was still six feet under. Listen to me. You, you, you may be bouncing around in a straitjacket, tied up, smelling like death, thinking you're alive, but you're still bound. You're still tied to something that's holding you down. You're still stuck in something that's keeping you, uh, you, you smell like the grave. You look like somebody who's about to go back into the grave. All you hear is grave things. All you hear is the talk that used to happen. All the people that surround you are the people that say what went on here and what went on there. At some point, you've got to cut that stuff off and step over into a place where you know you're blessed whether they get it or not. And when you do that, they're watching you. They're watching you. They want you blessed. They want you whole. They want you to settle over into some things that you hadn't walked in yet. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all, y'all understanding what I'm saying? I want you to understand some things. If we need to make a statement that God made Jesus everything he wants you to be, then you have to understand saved people can't live an old life. You've got to live a saved life. I, I remember one time, I was really struggling with some things. And uh, by my own hand, because I kept reminding myself of my failure. And I'll never forget, the Lord really began to deal with me on this. And I got really nonchalant with the Lord about some things. Which, don't ever do that, by the way. And he thundered from heaven into my spirit. And I heard it, just like if all these speakers were turned up. And he said, if you're going to be born again, act born again. Now, I thought, see, I took that legalistically. Like, we got to act like church folk. No, no, no. It was learning Christ. It was learning what happened when that death really took place. That it wasn't that he died for me, but that I died with him. The old nature of who I was is only resurrected because of my mouth. It's only resurrected by what I bring in. And, and, and I cannot tell you the freedom of recognizing the fact that people are so selfish that they're not reminding me of me because their eyes are all on them anyway. This is why I don't understand people. I understand when you first come into church, you're afraid to worship. People get weird. I don't want to raise my hand. Somebody be looking at me. I get that. But when you wake up and realize people are too self-consumed to even care what you're doing. There's some freedom in that. Then you quit caring about what people think and you step over into what he thinks and you've just gone from grave clothes to the life. 
See, are y'all hearing this? I really need you to get it. And this is what puts the whole new mindset on the text. He whom the Son is set free is free indeed. So it's one thing to be free. It's another thing to be free indeed. It's another thing to be out of the grave. It's another thing to have the grave close off of you. It's one thing to come out of the grave. It's another thing to have the grave out of you. You got to stop talking the grave if you want to stop living in the grave. Because we, we, this is just a very short piece of what we preach Sunday. But if you don't get this, see, because we dealt with crucifixion, we've dealt with death, we've dealt with burial. That's the old man. We stepped into quickening, which is where we're at. Do, do y'all remember the example I gave you for quickening with the, what, when, when the, what the Aramaic did? It dealt with the raw quick of your fingernail, the most sensitive part of your body. That if mustard or salt or soy sauce or taco meat touches it, the most sensitive part of your body is the example of the sensitivity you must have to everything the Holy Spirit's saying to you. If you can't settle over into the fact that you're sensitive to the point that if you burn yourself or, or if you've got an open quick in your fingernail and salt gets on it and, and you react so quickly, if your reaction to the Holy Spirit is not that quick, then you are not alive to what He's saying to you like you should be. It's almost like putting your hand on a hot stove and just holding it there and saying, dang, that hurts. And then put it back. But that's what church people do. Y'all, listen, don't raise your hands. But how many of us continually go back to the same junk with the same people to have the same conversations about the same problems that never change? That's grave clothes. Y'all, you're, you're above that. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. We're just learning the word tonight. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein you also are risen. Listen now. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him. How? Through faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead and you, here's the good news, and you being dead in what? No, 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 no. Being dead in your sin. See, we like to leave that word out because it convicts us. Being dead in your sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has quickened or made us sensitive together with him having forgiven you. What? What's the word? All your trespasses. Next verse. Blotting out the, uh, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was, that was against us, which means everything that had ever been written against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to the cross whatever it is that's binding you up is already dead it's your voice that's keeping it alive whatever it is whatever it is it was nailed there is nothing you're going through that hasn't been nailed to the cross already there's nothing you're dealing with that hadn't been dealt with there, listen pastor what are you talking about 
I've taught you for three weeks on the Bible says that you are failing because you haven't learned Christ. We've been so focused on Jesus dying that we didn't learn that because he died, Christ lives. And if he died and Christ lives, then what he died for and gave us is in us now. And if it's in us now, we get to live like he lived and we live it now. Yeah, come on, come on. Let me pull y'all's heads open and push a little more. You are already living it. You just don't accept it. And by not accepting it, you're covering up life with grave clothes. Lazarus was breathing, but with death on him. Because Jesus had to say to somebody, go help him. Y'all, y'all, we make that, oh, listen, I've heard T.D. Jakes preach it. Can't nobody preach it like he can. But loose that man and let him go shouldn't have been a series. Because it's actually saying, hey, stupid, help him. Y'all, that's the mandate for the church. Quit staying in your own religion and help them. You haven't learned Christ. And when you learn... If you could just see that this is not a hard walk. We make church hard by our own actions. We make life hard because we settle into things that aren't right. We, we, we say, well, this is what we think. And, and the Baptists do this and the Methodists do this. Pentecostal people do this. Word of faith do this. What does the word say? The word says, learn Christ and loose that man and let him go. Those are the two greatest instructions we could get right now. Because we've got to understand when he died, Nailing it to the cross gave us every single opportunity. Now listen, let's go to the next one. This is where it gets good. Go to the next verse. And spoiled. You ever had anything spoiled? Yes, it does. You just going to pick it up and drink it? But if you walk by, we were in the house. Let me, just, let, me, let me just use us. We were in the house the other night. And it was, how many of us was it? Five or six of us walking through the kitchen going, what is that? We were blaming people's feet. We were finding reasons for everything. It was the most horrible smell. And we finally found in the bottom of the sink where they had tried to wash it down, but they had poured some rotten milk. I think it was Zion. Where's Zion at? He's going back there playing. I think, was it Zion? Zion had poured some rotted milk and didn't wash it down. So it's just kind of pulled there. And all the other dishes were on top of it. And it was, we were blaming the dog. We were blaming everybody. Cameron bade that stupid dog, you know, that kind of thing. But it was something that was spoiled. Now listen to me. How foolish would you have been to walk through and something to be so nasty and you grab a cup of it and drink? But that's what you do when you let principalities and powers make decisions for you. Y'all, he spoiled it. Have you ever seen anything spoiled become good again? Think about it. Now, this, listen, we ain't talking about seed where seed dies. and We're talking about spoiled. Oh, these are two different words. You've never seen anything spoiled come back. Oh, just let it sit there for three days, Sam. It'll be fine. Come on now. But yet he spoiled them, which means there's nothing in the old life that you want to taste again. 
and the more you taste it, the worse it's going to be. And next time, all oh, this bite will be better, Pastor. Just trust me. I know what I'm doing. And I'll step over it. It's all good. I, I'm, but all you're doing is putting on more grave clothes. And before long, you can't even walk upright because you're so heavy with the burden of something that was made to look at you and want to be like you, not you being like it. You are living in the very hell you were anointed to destroy and calling it life, and he calls it spoiled. Made a show of them openly. Triumphing. Listen to me. This is what I want you to see. Y'all gonna love this. God disarmed them. Y'all, I get so tired of people talking about the enemy. Oh, I, the devil's just after me. Y'all, people have asked me, why don't you have testimony services? Because I hate the very statement that says, well, the devil's been after me this week. <laughs> With what? Words. What are you defeated by? Words. You're spoiling your own life by saying what he says, not what he says. Because you haven't learned Christ. It's about learning Christ. It's about understanding what you are. It's also understanding what you are not. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us, made a bold display and a public example. The triumph is the victory. We have it. And what you've got to understand is very simple. You were never called once you were loosed to put those grave clothes back on again. They don't fit you. They weren't designed for you. You were never meant to walk in this pain. You were never meant to walk in this kind of hurt. You were never meant to walk in this kind of bondage. You were never meant to walk out of a grave and walk into another one. You were designed to walk out and be free. And the problem is people don't see freedom because they don't know freedom. And the reason they don't know freedom is because they believe in Jesus, but they've not met him. And if you ever meet him, your life changes. Well... Pastor, you know, my mama and them, they told me, yeah. I, I know about what all everybody's ever told me my whole life. And in my life, I can, I've got itemized people. I, this may not work for you, but it works for me. I've got gold people, pla uh, uh, bronze people, and silver people. And I ain't going to tell y'all which one y'all want. But the gold people get my attention. The bronze people can wait a little while. Because I refuse to let somebody else's emergency become mine. I refuse to do that. But if, if I can help you, I will. That, there's a difference there. But your lack of planning cannot become my emergency either. So what I've learned to do is to look at this and say, is this the principalities using somebody to cause me to, to be pulled away from a place, which has happened for years that I have to fix? Do you have somebody in your life that you've got on a platform you shouldn't have them on and yet their voice always gets you in an emotional uproar because you give them more place than you give the Holy Ghost? Well, you don't know who they, they you know, that's my uncle, that's my aunt, that's my, that's my grandfather, that's my mother. They ain't Jesus. I love my family as much as anybody can love a family. But as much as I love my family, 
I honor my family. I love my children. I love my wife. I love all of you. But my wife will tell you, if the Holy Ghost says, y'all's opinions do not matter to me. As much as I value you, I have seen too many ministries destroyed by attaching to personalities. And I don't want to attach to a personality except for the person of the Holy Ghost. To me, a personality is too much like a principality. But the Holy Ghost never changes. His voice is always calm, it's always peaceful, it's always gentle, and he's always sensitive. And that's what I want to be like. I don't always win. I'm human, I'm flesh, just like y'all. But the truth is, this triumphant return, where things were, y'all, I want that. I want to be able to step into every day of my life and know that yesterday I had triumph, and I can today too. That's what he wants for all of us. But we're so focused on, my God in heaven, we are so focused on where we failed. And we're so focused on who's hurt us. And we're so focused, and some of it may be raw and brand new, and some of it may have happened 35 years ago. Both of them have the same answer. Grow up. You can't fix it. But he's in your yesterday. And he's in your today. Which means he's fixing your forever. And he's that way for a reason. He's that way to get you to understand. The, the whole point of him saying that, that he is in all of this was to get you to realize that it doesn't matter what's happened. It matters what's happening. See, we get so focused on what's happened that we miss what's happening. We miss, listen to me now, we miss life. And I'm talking about the God kind of life. When we're focused on failure or when we're waiting on the next thing. See, between the failure and the next thing, there's a whole lot of living that we don't do. And this was meant to be a daily refresher, a daily moment. A, man, I tell you what, I remember when, when I first met April, I was in love, man. But I was too cool to tell her, you know. Now I got a, uh, I bought her a Mother's Day card that's when you open it up, the Righteous Brothers crank up. Jordan will grab it and walk through the house and walk up to her mom and go, oh my, it's great. But here's the point. In all of these, these two decades that we've been together, there's never been a time that I don't value conversation with her. Now you're talking about the aggressive kind. But this is the life we chose. Where are we going next? Nothing better than being on a long stretch of road from Texas or Arkansas and it's just us if she's not asleep. Because there ain't no radio stations in Longview. I'm just going to tell you right now. I think they got to call it Longview because that's all they can see is what they can't have. <laughs> Y'all get that on the way home. But when we talk about life and we talk about where we're going, and we talk about what we know God's doing in our life. And, and I know she's my biggest fan. And I know when she says, you've got to get this together. I know she's doing it for my good. But when we settle into, we get this attitude with people trying to help us. Because usually they're trying to help us to make themselves feel better. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit is excited as talking to you as I am to her. Even more so. Because he knows what you don't see yet. 
He knows what you can't even recognize in your own self. He knows what's in you that needs to be grown, what needs to have some miracle grow put on it. He knows in you what's already been nailed to the cross, but yet what you keep resurrecting. He knows what you need to bury. He knows what you need to call dead. He knows what you need to stop speaking about. And all he wants to do is talk to you about it. Y'all, we have spent too long chasing prophets and words of knowledge when you are surrounded and saturated with the Spirit of God, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, at the drop of a hat, He's there. Because He never leaves you. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel like I, I can hear Him. I just don't feel like I can, I can get close enough. I, listen, He never walked away. He never walked away. And here's the beautiful thing. He never let you walk away. You just stop listening. There's a time in every married couple's life. Now, those of us married, we understand there's a time when you reach an impasse in a discussion or an argument where it's not going in. You might as well just walk away. That's what happens with the Holy Spirit. But yet, He's never the one that walks away. He's bumping against your soul that you're keeping alive in some things. And you're wrapping yourself in grave clothes that you don't need to be focused on. When you wrap yourself in grave clothing, you're putting back on something that you're free from and you don't realize that you're putting onto you the very thing that hurts you, but yet the person that hurts you is not who's there. It's still you. The person who spoke to you in whatever way, the church that hurt you, the pastor that destroyed you, the husband that, that, that divorced you, and the wife that cheated on you, and all these different things that ever happened. And, and what you're doing when you put grave clothes back on, you're making yourself very sensitive to old pain, not to new leadership. The sensitivity is the same. Are y'all getting this? The sensitivity is still the same, but you're listening to wrong voices, feeling wrong emotions, listening to something pulling you to a place, and whether you like it or not, you walling yourself off and putting yourself in this world where nobody can talk to you, all you're doing is opening yourself up for more pain. The person that hurts you don't even care. And if you would just grow up a little, I don't mean to be offensive, but if you'd grow up just a little, you would realize that you wrestle not against flesh, but against the very thing that's been disarmed. I've seen, I, I love watching, put that in the Amplified, let it leave, just leave the Amplified up there. I love watching, y'all ever watch these uh, funniest home video shows and police chases and all that? And I, I love stuff like that. And my favorite one is the guy, and I see it all the time. It's the guy that comes in the store with his finger in his jacket trying to rob an old lady. She knows it's his finger. And she busts him over the head with a bottle of wine. He was disarmed. But, in, but when they interview her, she says initially, initially she was, she was afraid. And then she realized she had 100 pounds on this guy. And her buddy, her, the, her friend was over here in the nachos. So her friend comes up and pops him with the wine. And the guy just runs out bleeding. You do realize that as funny as that is, that guy is more powerful than the enemy you think has you. 
You ever, you ever seen, you ever seen the, the Chinese handcuffs? I think you had some. Cameron had some. Was it you that got stuck in them? It was Drew that Drew got stuck in them. Where was that at? Was that at the Everything's a Dollar place? Okay, well, I'll use that another day. Because that's funny. <laughs> well, that story's funny. But anyway, he was stuck. The Chinese handcuffs, and if you've never been in them, you don't understand. But the more you wrestle with them, the tighter they get. And what you've got to understand is that when you put on grave clothes, the more you wrestle with them, the tighter they get. The stronger the voice gets, the bigger the hurt gets, and the more sensitive you become even to those that try to help you. Is this making any sense? Because if you're going to learn Christ and have the tools to have victory and step over into this quickened life, you have got to be willing to let all that mess go. You may have to start fresh every day of your life. I've had to do it. Man, I remember months and even years where I struggled so bad, but every day I just had to remind myself that his mercies are new today. I had to. It's the only way I got by. But thank God I found a place that I don't win all the time, but I have the opportunity to. God, if y'all could just get that. You may not win all the time, but you have the opportunity to every single time. How do you do it, Pastor? How do you win every time? You learn Christ. Is all of this deep stuff people used to preach, all flowery language, is it making sense now? Isn't it sad that we spent 20 years listening to preaching and had no idea what they were talking about? How sad is that? When I got into, <laughs> that is funny, when I got into ministry, my greatest gift was never that I'm, I'm a gifted preacher. I'm not. I am not a gifted preacher at all. Matter of fact, if you hear me on CD and you're not under this anointing, you think, my God. But I always said to God, I just want to communicate the truth the way you communicate it to me. I may not be brilliant and I may not be bright, but I can say what he said. Now, I throw my little nacho jokes in there and I get in trouble when I get home. My little one tooth thing, I'll deal with that. And she said, amen. <laughs> but the truth is this. The principalities and powers that you run from every day, why are you running? Why are you running? We went up to, uh, we went up to Donnie and Sherry's property last night. We're blasting off some guns. Yeah, Anthony liked that. He's from New York. They don't let him shoot up there. He come down here. We went out there and had a good time. We shot everything we had except for the AK. We didn't pull the AK out. But, and he shot my 45 1911. He was like nervous. He never shot it before. But then when he felt that boom and that power, there's just something about knowing you have that kind of power in your hands. It makes you respect it. Or you should. But it also makes you think that if you're on the other end of that barrel, you're going to do whatever they say. You're the one with the gun. Y'all are not on the bad side of this thing. You're on the authority side. You're on the dunamis side. You're on the power side. All you have to do is hear what he's saying. That's it. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do.
which means in the spirit he noticed it. And I only say what I hear my father say, which means you need to see and you need to hear, which is one very simple word you need to recognize where you're at and what you're doing and what he's saying about it. That's it. That's it. People ain't your Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is your Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Everything I ever found myself in in life, and I wasn't even baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was spent enough time in church to know of that, that Jesus was good and I was going to get juice. That's what I knew about church. But I had enough in here to know where I was at all times and where I wasn't supposed to be. Now, th- th- this is one thing that we got to settle into. If we want to be triumphant and we want to have victory, and we want to see the public example of the failure of the enemy, which means if there's a, listen, if there's a public example of the failure of the enemy, that means there's a public example of the blessing of God. Amen. And you're choosing, if you're not choosing the blessing, because he says, I set before you this day. Oh, it's starting to string together. I set before you this day, blessing and cursing, life and death, and I encourage you to which means you're going to get one or the other. You're not just going to wake up. You may stay in your underwear and eat popcorn all day long, but you're going to choose something. You're going to choose life or death. Every single day. Well, pastor, how do you figure? What are you putting your eyes on? What are you putting your thoughts on? What's coming out of your mouth? Who are you on the phone with? What, 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 What are you saying about this life that he gave you so freely? What are you saying about your past? What are you saying about your future? Are you giving life to grave clothes? You do realize that when you give life to it, you're being followed around by things that should be in the ground. Which means, listen to me, you have been challenged to get over into the quickening side, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, which means that if you're talking about your failure, you've gone all the way back to step two. Y'all got to see this now. This, this is what these Wednesday nights for. It, you got to understand. It, we, we, oh, we crucified ourselves to that thing. We crucified our reaction to that. We're good. It's dead. We put it in the ground. We're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Girl, you don't know what he did to me. You're back. Just like that. You have no idea what that preacher did to me. You're back. Well, God's graceful. Y'all shut up with that. The, the grace is to keep the Old Testament from striking you down. That's what grace is for. Grace is to keep the law from taking you out. Grace is to keep you focused on his love, not hiding behind it to do what you do. I'm so tired of hearing grace misused when there's no faith involved and when there's no holiness involved because without holiness or faith, there ain't no grace. Well, he's a God of grace. Yeah, he's also a God of judgment. Y'all want to read that part too? We got to understand that this is a process and God is strategic and everything that he's done, he's done, he's given you a plan for and you cannot, and I mean you cannot get outside of that plan to see the blessing happen without going through the steps his way. And when you get over here and you think you're in the life and you're so arrogant and happy because you're in the life but you're talking about old stuff, grave clothes just chase you down and just drug you back to where you started. It ain't nobody's fault but our own mouth. Let me tell you something. Every single thing that I've ever dealt with in my life, and I could tell you the people that did it to me and why they did it and all these different, none of that matters because it was me that gave it life. 
I can tell you preachers that lied to me. I can tell you churches that kept offerings from me. I can tell you uh, pastors that shut me down. I can tell you people that made me promises. But I was so focused on what they didn't do that I wasn't doing anything. When I have a ministry in me that there was bloodshed for. Are y'all getting this? Y'all, I can go all night. I'm just trying to find a place to unplug. So here's what we really have to see, and then I'm going to try to call it a night. You are on an escalator going up, but you've turned around and tried to walk back down, and you're just going through the motions. Do you ever get tired of asking yourself the question, is this all there is? Do you ever get, see, we were told, oh, if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's it. Well, 10 years later, we tired of jumping and shouting and not seeing victory. <laughs> I don't mean to be ugly, but there was no teaching and understanding of what the word was saying. We were, y'all, we got tribal. You want to know the truth about it? We just became, we got tribal. We just decided we was going to dance around the fire. We were going to go Native American and celebrate. And they lost everything because they didn't pay attention to what was happening. Now, we are Christians, believers, full of the Holy Ghost, covered in the blood of Jesus, stepped over into a place where you're supposed to live a life where people see Jesus, not you. And when you settle into that and you speak like he speaks, talk like he talks, think like he thinks, see what he sees, your life has to change. And if your life ain't changing, it ain't nobody's fault but yours. God made Jesus everything, everything he wants you to be. Well, he walked on water. Well, if you're in that situation, I believe he can help you. Well, that was Jesus. What are you covered in? God's supposed to see Jesus on you. You think Jesus was so special he did that? He had to have God. So when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. That's why it is imperative that you learn Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is the operating system by which you work. Is that good? Can, can y'all learn from that? Listen, I got plenty of things I need to get into, but we're not ready for that yet. But if you can just accept that God wants you to be just like Jesus, that when you get in here and you read the red, the red's supposed to be you too. Y'all, are y'all seeing this? Y'all stand to your feet. Let's just, let's just worship for a minute.